are standing by, including Mr. Don Weisgarver. Hey, good morning, Tamara. Hey, good morning, Don and Mr. Steve Brown. Good morning. I'm going to have to get a little peppy to keep up with you two. Oh, sorry. Uh, well, I wasn't going to let the rain get me down. There you go. Well, it's because you'd like you. to have some rain, right? No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Did you get much the other night? Uh, no. Yeah. No. I think we got three tenths out of that. That's all? Yeah. Hopefully we'll get a little bit more today, though. Is there a pretty good chance? Uh, yeah. Spotty? So. Well, it's, it's going to be spotty, yeah. Spotty. Oh, well. I, well. I think it's going to be just a little here and there. I think so, too. Well, so we hope we're means, wrong. Take it. That means we get the hose out again. We get the hose out. <laughs> yes. But perfect weather as far as uh, temps to exert yourself out in the garden, huh? Oh, my gosh, yes. Isn't it heavenly? Finally. Yeah. Yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> Before that. <gasps> nice break. Pretty stifling. <gasps> pretty stifling. Yeah, yeah that's a yeah. good way of putting it. So you got some fresh color again this we week. did. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Look at those 10-inch combo pots. Yeah, isn't that amazing? John brought a whole cart full of plants and flowers to show us. So we got a, two or three styles of combo pots, 10-inch, and they're just bursting. They really are. Yeah. I, the, I, those are on sale for... Fifteen ninety-seven. Yeah, I can't believe it's like that. a blow away. It's a good deal. Yeah, yeah. and you have so many beautiful combos out there to choose from. Oh, we do. Yeah, tons we do. and tons and tons. You got some fresh sunflowers yeah. in six-inch pots for ten bucks. Yep. Right. Yep. And then uh, little sunflower. Echinaceas are on sale still, twenty-five off. Huge selection. Oh, it's twenty varieties. Bunch of beautiful yep. And some uh, one-gallon heuchera. So from PW, right? Maybe four yes. varieties or so. Yep. And those are. Those are coupon. Um, so you could go to prairiegardens.com or Facebook, Prairie Gardens Facebook page, and get a coupon for those for some special it's price. It's a ridiculous price. Yeah. 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 And then we have uh, some uh, Brunera, which is pretty cool. What Jack is Frost. Brunera? Jack Frost. It is. Uh, Silvery, one of my leaf. favorite shapes. I love it. It's kind of heart-shaped oh. leaf with silver veins. Uh, in the spring, you'll get a little beautiful blue flower. A bit silvery, but oh, it's okay. great for uh, uh, shade gardens, woodland areas. Does a little bit of naturalizing, so okay. it's pretty cool. Very neat design in on in the leaf itself, with the dark and the light green pattern, almost like a tortoise shell. Yeah, it's a yeah, good way to describe that pattern. That's but pretty it, cool. It's neat from a distance, from a color and a texture standpoint because of the unique heart-shaped leaf. Yeah. Uh, but then it's also uh, really neat close-up like you just mentioned because of that detail in the variegation. How large do they spread, I'm assuming, as opposed to growing very tall? Uh, it's it's a little bit taller than that, about ten, 8 to 10 inches and up to 12 inches wide. But uh, Nice. Sometimes it's... When you have a lot of shade, like I do, there's not always a lot of choices. You know, you get, oh, it's boring, you know, after a while. Yes. But there's always so many cool textures in the leaves. And that will really stand out in the in if you have really deep shade. Yeah. Because of the color, it'll just kind of yeah, pop. That silver will almost be like a white. Yeah. Out there. Yeah. Neat. Pretty awesome. Beautiful. And going back to the sunflowers, uh -huh. are those what, dwarf sunflowers? Yeah, they'll be about two feet. Wonderful. 18 to two feet. So okay. it's a good is that for if container. You, if you keep it in the container. That would okay. be a good way to do it, yeah. But if you were, if I were to put them in the ground, 
Oh, you could do it, sure. They aren't going to go eight feet tall, nope. this particular variety? Nope. Nice. And it's a rebloomer. See how it's got the side shoots? Oh, yes. So, so you'll have weeks, if not months, of flowers on that. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Beautiful. And then I think the uh, ornamental grasses, the perennial grasses, are all on sale at 25 25% off. 25% off, yeah. Starting yesterday. So, and they, again, a really nice selection. Yeah. It's yeah. a great one. You do. Um, and um, I, I, all of the um, the butterfly bushes, are they still 25% off? Because, yep. boy, are they beautiful out there. Those and, and all the variety of uh, clone, the massive colors that you have with the cone flowers out there. It's beautiful. Um, and then we also have uh, 25% off of hydrangeas. Oh. So if you look, if you drive around, like I was driving in this morning, and what do you see that's the most the most vibrant things that are going right now? The hydrangea. You've got the ornamental grasses. You've got the coneflowers. You've got the black-eyed Susans. Perennial so, hibiscus. Oh, right. Hibiscus, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Right. So, gee, all those just happen to be on sale here. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. And not to mention that uh, you have some annuals that are like 50% off, I think I noticed. The dollar, dollar yeah, $1.89 some, ones. Some. Uh, uh, Portalaca. That's what I some saw. Some four packs. The rose and moss. And a little bit. And we have some three and four inch materials. So they're all on 50 and 25% off. So good awesome. for little fi- pot fillers if you need to freshen up a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. So, John, tell me about your use of grasses. Now, I know you don't have as much of a room for grasses now because they're predominantly a sunny plant. There's a few varieties will tolerate more shade. But how do you like to use these perennial grasses in the landscape? How do you like to see them? Do you do masses? Do you do them as individuals? Do you? So, yeah, I mean, you can do it either way. Uh, I think they look really terrific as a as a background for a garden, especially, uh, you know, one that's out in the open, you know, you'll start at the back with some tall, tall materials and then work, work lower Uh and towards, um, I especially think they're beautiful if you do them in mass. And sometimes, uh, I've seen them used as a, as a property line division or nice, you know, which is kind of cool. Yes. It'll grow quickly and not a lot of maintenance, I imagine. And then sometimes you want uh, just a, a focal piece. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one one works really well. Mm-hmm. So really, you're just not even, you're not limited by anything other than your imagination, really. Absolutely. In yeah. terms of how you do it. Because they come in such a wide variety of heights, too. Mature heights. So some are going to be 8, 10, 12 feet tall. And yeah. and there's a whole bunch of choices in that 5 to 6 foot range. And there's a whole bunch of choices in that 3 to 4 foot range. And then certainly quite a few choices in that foot to, to 2 feet as well. Yeah. Some are more clumping and upright. Some are more spreading uh, out. Uh, I like the... I like the Miscanthus, where it's really graceful, it, it rises up and then it just kind of flares out. Mm-hmm. So it's really uh, kind of dances in the wind. It's really pretty. Mm-hmm. Uh, Looks almost, you know, fluffy and furry. Almost. Just like a fountain, just about. The zebra grass, too, I really like. Yeah, it's not With fun. The, the variations in the colors throughout the whole blade. That one's really nice. Okay. Um, early in the morning and then later in the 
day when the sun's rising and setting. Yeah. And it's on that lower angle, and it just kind of just washes right through that. So it almost acts like a prism in terms of magnifying the light. Oh, neat. Yeah, it's at its best then. Oh, wow. Okay. And well, speaking then, yeah, of the I morning, is also morning light, which is uh, Miscantha's series, but it's green, but it's got uh, white margins. So as Steve said, when the light starts to come through it, it, it just really, really uh, Sets it off. shines. Yeah. Oh, neat. Yeah. That's one of my favorites. The Miscanthus. And, of course, one of the most popular ones is uh, Carl Forrester. Still, That's after all these years. Amazing. Yeah. So it's literally our best-selling grass. Yeah. And why do you think that is? Uh, I guess just the structure of it, because it's very erect. Uh, you've got the green foliage at the base. Uh, you know, it rises up, you know, two to three feet. And then you get these great, great... Uh, plume heads that come up but they're just vertical and they're kind of a golden golden color uh you know going up you know sometimes up to four feet or so so uh for the entire plant but uh nice it's just a real clean looking dependable yeah. reliable almost trouble-free plant yeah yeah perennial grass yep i'm assuming okay yeah. 25 percent off yeah. the entire selection right now Wow. Just started, so there's a like our best selection of the year. It's a great selection. And as far as a variety of color, like deep greens and light greens. Yep. Nice. Yep. Love um, it. And there's some that have more of a burgundy red color uh, mixed in with the green. Oh. I mean, there's really no true all red or burgundy perennial grass. Yeah. Uh, but there are some that have some nice uh Deeper maroon colorations mixed in with the green. Yeah. The one uh, Blackhawks or Cheyenne Spirit or a couple of them. That, and as the temperatures get cooler later in the season, then that color intensifies a little bit more. Nice. 356-9397 is our phone number, or you can text 351-5357. This is Plant Experts live at Prairie Gardens. Uh, I was visiting with my niece, and um, I was going to buy her a little plant, but then she said she's the type of person who wants something that it, it, she can go and visit every day and needs a little something. Because I was pointing out, oh, this one, it's drought tolerant, and you can completely forget about it, and it'll be fine. And she's like, oh, no, then I'll kill it. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to baby it. Huh? She is going to baby it. And she, I'm, I love that she's already recognized that in herself. That is pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought I might ask you guys, is there, is there a plant out there that needs to be babied? That somebody who just really wants to nurture a plant along, it might work for them? Well, you know, that is probably the most number one problem with people that grow plants, and especially indoor plants is over watering mm. mm -hmm. so you know i think you'd still have to defer to how much light level she has in the home for a particular type of plant so matching that up number one but then i guess the first thing that comes to my mind might be some high humidity requiring plants so she can at least go out there and give it a mist every day if she wants oh, to great. Um, and so anything in the fern family would appreciate that and the more delicate lacier uh, textured foliage would appreciate it even more so that's one thing she could say i 
this plant needs me. I have to do this. Yes. Uh, and that's this assuming she can give it routine. a bright indirect light inside the home for the ferns. But having that sure. increased humidity would be another thing. Another category that would like the high humidity would be most of the carnivorous plants. Oh. And considering the love for Halloween in your family, I think <laughs> a plant that eats animals would be appropriate. And so I think if you had, uh, whether it's a pitcher plant or a Venus flytrap or yep. something like that. Got one of those. Might be. I, fig- I figured you do. You probably, you probably have a collection of them. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, something like that right. might be on the list, too. Sure. Uh, even the uh, Tillandsia, the, the air plants. Oh. Uh, they That'd love be a they great idea. That. They love That's that. how they get yeah. their moisture. So, yeah, that would be a good idea. Okay. And we've got a nice selection of those, too. Right now, anywhere from two or three ninety nine on up to ten bucks or so. Yeah. Wide variety of sizes, and some have a little more color, some are a little more silver green. Nice. Uh, and they can just hang out. And they come in. I can also get some that are in really cute little containers already. You can, you know, like or, seashells, or, you can or pop them in your own container. That's right. the the, yeah. the great thing about those. You can really put them anywhere because they don't have any root system. You don't that have to uh, put them in soil. <laughs> I know. You I'm still not used ha- to that. You know, hang them out on other plants too. Oh, you've 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 showed me that before, and I'd completely do, forgotten uh, about that. I like to do it on orchids, especially. It's a cool look. Yeah. That's so right. something else you could do if you wanted to go for a different type of plant would just be cleaning it, keeping the foliage mm-hmm. dust free. Um, so I'll, oh. you know, it's not limited to this, but pretend that she gets a rubber rubber plant. You know, kind of going back to if it's your niece and kind of a retro thing uh, since the rubber plants have been around forever, but they're being rediscovered by the whole generation of teen and 20 and 30-year-old houseplant lovers. Oh, cool. So, but, you know, she could wipe that off really as often as she wanted to, right, John? Absolutely. So she could do a few leaves a day or she could do the entire plant if she wants to because it needs her. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. Ferns, air plants, rubber tree plants. Carnivorous plants. Carnivorous plants, right. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. good. Excellent suggestions. <laughs> well, I hope she's listening. <laughs> well, yeah. if yeah, not, yeah, that's yeah, okay. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, you I'll relate. be able to surprise her with my presence then. So houseplant-wise, really good selection. Pretty great selection. Mm-hmm. Right mm-hmm. now, just about yeah. every size, shape, whether it's a succulent or not. And we have another coupon at prairiegardens.com or facebook.com about something about a free succulent with any purchase, no limit on the purchase. Yep. So, uh, so you could literally buy a succulent for three ninety nine and get a free one. Oh. Or you could go shopping in the store, whatever. Yeah. And there's a really nice selection. It's a great case. selection. Free two-inch live the, succulent with any purchase with coupon. That's right. Look for the signs with the green leaf. Nice. And uh, heuchera, only nine ninety seven. That's something else you have on here. Coupon deal, right? All right. Yep. Okay, good. Three five six nine three nine seven is our phone number. This is Plant Experts Live at Prairie Gardens, and let's go to the phones and chat with Margaret from Champagne. Hi. Good morning, good morning, Margaret. I'm calling for my sister in Georgia. She has clay soil, and she has a deer problem, and I'm wondering if there are any deer-resistant plants that would work in clay soil. Well, I, th- I think there w- would be. I mean, my f- my first suggestion for her would be to 
go to some of the Southern University uh, websites uh, and look up deer resistant plants Georgia, deer resistant plants Alabama kind of stuff, and see what the University of Alabama, mm-hmm. University of Georgia, Georgia Tech, whatever some of the local schools might have in terms of lists, because it's going to give you some varieties not only that would live here but a lot of varieties that wouldn't be hardy here that might be deer resistant that would flourish down there mm-hmm. and i think mm-hmm. that would be the best resource to be honest with you if you were doing the same thing pretend you lived here in the midwest if you did the same thing you'd see great things from the u of i university of michigan michigan state minnesota wisconsin mm-hmm. all kinds of big 10 type schools with great lists of, mm-hmm. of material that would be suitable that would be deer resistant or deer less susceptible i guess is probably the best way to say it because nothing's really going to be resistant <laughs> yeah. ever resistant yeah you know that yeah. would be lower right. on their list right and we have a problem with clay <laughs> okay. here in illinois too so are there plants that are well can kind of battle the clay and and survive well i think yeah. sometimes it's all about uh, uh amending the soil especially as well as when you're planting mm. Mm-hmm. Is really a key. Okay. And I, mm-hmm. and I think it's, the clay's a problem because it's heavy and it doesn't drain away typically well. But there's a lot of plants, I'll just say the rhododendron and azalea family. I'm not recommending them necessarily from a deer resistant standpoint. But they're fibrous rooted. They like, they're shallow rooted. You'd think that they would not do so well in the clay soils down there, but they thrive. Yeah, they do. And so mm-hmm. I think that's why, again, mm-hmm. going to, a local, uh, you know, a school that's in the area that's done the research that says these do great here and would tolerate clay soil and would be somewhat deer resistant would be the way mm-hmm. to go. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. Oh, you bet, Margaret. Thanks, Thanks for, for calling, calling in. in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and tell your sister good luck with that. Three five six nine three nine seven is our phone number, or you can text us at three five one five three five seven, and that's a two one seven area code. Well, I think that, you know, we have the greatest resources like that here. Here in our area, you know, University of Illinois has so many different great sites about any kind of plant that you want, you know, whether it's what's, what's you know, the best here, you know, about fruits, and, you know, just every everything imaginable that can help you with care and, and suggestions as far as you know, what grows best where. It's amazing how specific some of those lists can be. Oh, yeah. Now, to get it cross-hatched, you know, you might end up having to have two different searches, some that are, like in her particular example, some that are tolerate clay soils really well, mm-hmm. and then something that's less susceptible for deer damage, mm-hmm. and then you might have to just kind of yeah. cross-hatch them on your own. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I noticed that uh, Ryan Pankow wrote about... Uh, fall crops in today's news gazette in the at-home section are you starting fall crops already steve and when they say that i'm thinking like lettuce cabbage i haven't started anything yet uh we're going to have some transplants available here later in august oh good so we'll have broccoli and cabbage cauliflower kohlrabi uh some kale some kale maybe some lettuce a couple different types of lettuce and transplants are already growing so they'll be available probably in about that third week of August, which will still be plenty of time since there'll already be established plants that you can get in the garden and, and oh. grow. And then uh, for sowing some seed for things like Ryan's got in his article, whether it's lettuce or spinach or 
turnips or any of the number of things, radishes, carrots kind of stuff. Uh, that'll be coming up here soon, too. Oh, okay. So there's, there is still time, though, to start it from seed. W- yes. Some, some of them. S- some of them, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I, think, I think you'd probably want to have your broccoli and that kind of stuff started by now. Okay. Or if you haven't, you'd want to get it going real fast. Okay, okay, good yeah. to know. But there's, yeah, there's, you're not limited and done with the growing season by any means. So while you're in the middle of harvesting now and just coming into your glory for tomatoes and peppers and green beans are mm-hmm. uh, all over the place. Uh, but, um, yeah, it's hard to imagine, but you're really starting to think about what you're going to sow soon or plant soon so you can extend that harvest through October. Yeah, and that's where it's really important to read the packets because everyone has a different maturity date. So, so you know, it might it might take you know seventy or eighty days for something to come to fruition. So you got to you know count back from with your calendar. Yeah. Okay. Count back from when you want it. Yeah, that's how I know that it's it's too late for me to start pumpkins. <laughs> <laughs> Found that yeah. out before. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah. you know, you think it was a fall thing, you know, but yeah. Uh, you do, You, you right? definitely would be, that's amazing. And, and even, uh, I read the package, uh, and it said, oh, you can plant in uh, late June, uh, as late as, like, early July. And I'm like, really? And sure enough, I forget about it. <laughs> and sure enough, I put it in the ground in mid-July, and... Oh, it was fun to see it grow until it got, you know, the sh- days kept getting shorter yeah. <laughs> and it stopped yeah. growing. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't work so Nevertheless, well. Nevertheless, fun to try. You know what? Some, that's exactly right. It's fun. Yeah. Gardening's fun and should make you happy. So. Yes. And that was the other thing my, I had to, uh, my niece had a problem with is the feeling of, I killed it. You know, because, and well, of course, she was loving them too much, but that whole, and I was trying to explain to her, it's okay. It's a cycle of life. It's a, it, it's, it's a plant. It'll be okay. It's in plant heaven now. It's happy. <laughs> yeah. Well, you just got to move advice? on. Yeah. Move on. Okay. Sounds good. Trial yeah. and She'll probably kill another one before it's over. <laughs> Only one? Yeah. <laughs> She's amazing then. Yeah. <laughs> So watering-wise, you say you're back out there with the hose in hand and taking care of things? Yep. yep. Yeah. You have to. You really do. Brown spots. I mean, we were back to watering some of the containers every day again there for a good part now. Yeah. You know, the weather yesterday and today and, you know, the next couple of days, you could probably back off to every every other in, in many situations. Or yeah. if you had to water every other, maybe you can back off to every three or four this point in time but as soon as it gets back up in the mid upper 80s and the sun's intense you'll be back out there yep watering every day even twice a day especially in our anything new that you planted containers oh right perennials shrubs and even the previous year what you planted if it's newer which is new sometimes before that so so like my neighbor planted uh, an entire row of arbor variety as a bit of a uh, border and um and yeah he's been having to water and water and water and water especially through you know all of the past several weeks with the with the intense heat um is he going so also next year you're you're thinking that 
I think he has to. He should, yeah. yeah. Depending upon whether they were container-grown or ball and burlap and how heavy the soil was and depending upon if they're mulched in real well, those are all going to be factors in terms of how often he's watering. Container-grown and ball, ball or burlap would be... Different. Different. Yeah, just because you're going to have, have a, a soilless mix in one hand in the container, so it's going to be more porous, well-drained, won't retain the moisture as much. And if it was a ball and burlap or it was a real soil... If you will, typically it's heavier and it's going to retain moisture longer. I see. And so those would have different rewatering requirements too. But even if they were container grown, if they if they're mulched in and, and you know you shouldn't be out there every day watering, shouldn't need to be doing that. Okay, good. For those arborvitae. Oh no, not every day. You know, could well, be unless well, he's a splasher. Not every day, but it was um. <laughs> unless they're not watering deep. Now, uh, at that I don't know, but no, I'm I'm thinking that he that he probably is because he told me what his water bill was um but uh but and but i'm sure you know like when we were going through the high heat index indices over this past week that is particular i mean could you see him watering every day then nope really not if they're mulched in Mm -mm. okay i don't see it Uh, and maybe i see it every day every other day maybe i see it every two or three days Maybe every four days. I don't really know okay. because you'd have to make a decision based upon that plant's needs as it's planted in that environment. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. You can't just, hey, it's Tuesday. I'm going to go water. Right. But is that is is that like an uh, like other evergreens where you won't see any signs of stress until much later? It would be. It would be in an arbor variety as well. Typically, yeah. no. Not like a deciduous plant that might tell you if it's not happy right away. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay, good to know. Yeah. And arborvitae will take wet feet reasonably well yeah. compared to some other evergreens anyway. Oh, so not good. that they want to be in a wet soil without drainage, but they'll they'll tolerate a little bit more moisture than certainly taxis or junipers or camisiferous or some of the other common evergreens around here. Okay. I have a stray juniper growing right next to the house. Yeah, better and get rid of it while it's small. Well, I'm, I'm, yeah, we're going to replant it because it looks beautiful. It's a healthy little thing. Hurry up because they grow fast. Don't forget about it. Don't oh, let it, really? Don't, don't let one of those be one of those pumpkin things. I'm going to get to this later on and then you forget <laughs> about it because all of a sudden it will be 15 yeah. feet tall. Oh, and really? And you'll be uh, wondering how you're going to get it out of there. Oh, yeah. gosh. Yeah. And full sun, partial sun? Preferably full, like? half a day of full or more. Okay. But you'll see them sprouting up like that in a variety of places, whether it's sunny or shady even. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. Good to know. Three five six nine three nine seven is our phone number, or you can text us at three five one five three five seven. This is Plant Experts Live at Prairie Gardens. And real quick, I want to mention that uh, Brooke... Uh, Sholem, our on-site engineer, was taking some photos of all of the plants that we were discussing earlier that John brought to the table. And so you'll be able to look at those photos on our Facebook page. And is it also on Instagram? Say what now? Facebook and Twitter. Okay, Facebook and Twitter. (laughs) Thank you, Brooke. Yeah. (laughs) That's under WDWS? I think it's at WDWS1400. Thank you. And those would be visible now? Um, no. Did you post today. them? Today. Oh, later today. today. Yeah. She'll shoot them off to the person in charge of those pages. and then. So you could be do that or you could be old school and just <laughs> come in here now and see them. Yeah. yeah. And buy them. 
if you want. Very cool. Hey, John, in the past hey, week, what? what have a lot of people been coming in and talking about, asking about, focusing you know on? It, it's been kind of a quiet week, which is kind of nice. That, yeah. That, that's, well, you know, if people, I hate people to have problems, it, you know. That's a good point. <laughs> yes. But uh, uh, really hardly anything about about uh, Japanese beetles anymore, uh, bagworms, very wow. Very seldom did I have anybody this week. Uh, I did have somebody that had some scale on. Uh, it was actually a, a small magnolia tree, which it, scale is kind of hard to identify sometimes because there's a lot of different types. And sometimes they look like part of the plant, like because they're kind of knobby and interesting looking, mm-hmm. I guess you might say. But uh, is it? Uh, I th- I think that might be that I, I asked you a few years ago when uh, I had a a tree that that had some odd things on its bark, and was that what it was? I don't remember. To think. Okay. With you? Could could it happen on tree bark? Let's put it that way. Well, yeah. Okay. So what are you? So the best way to treat scale is uh, systemically, which means you uh, apply the herbicide insecticide into the soil uh, and the plant draws it into its system. Okay. But if it's really severe, sometimes I'll also suggest a topical along with it. And if it's really severe on a deciduous shrubs, for example, you might consider doing some major pruning on the shrub and hauling off the debris. So thus, thus you'd be restricting, removing the population to a large extent and still treating systemically. So when you get the new growth, but literally, if say if it's a red twig dogwood or um, something else that might get scale, mm-hmm. whack it back near the ground level, burn the stems, throw them in, you know, recycling whatever, get them out of there, and then you've removed potentially hundreds of scale insects. So you're not having to. Oh, it's an insect. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that way, it's you're mechanically removing them, if you will. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So systemic, cleaning them, pruning them, getting away the degree, debris. Uh, what do they do to the plant? They suck the life out of it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, and how one common d- thing a lot of times you'll see is the euonymus that has a, it's a, it's a white scale and sometimes they can just become just covered in it very quickly oh wow so and that's sometimes where steve is suggesting sometimes maybe you just go ahead and cut it out right so and then just get it out out of there and you still would have to treat with the insecticide but at least you're getting reducing the population so it's more treatable yeah okay i got another landscape question for you Uh uh-oh so you showed a picture of a path that you did uh, on your phone, and oh yeah, oh last week that was beautiful. And it, you know, it just just remind me how neat it is to see that hardscape element mixed in with the plants. Mm-hmm. And so let's talk about hardscapes like that. And it's a, it doesn't mean like you have to build this huge wall or do this or do that. Oh, yeah. But what is it about hardscapes and plants that just play so nice together? Well, part of it is. Uh, it gives you a total different texture from the plant material. Gives you your eye uh, 
a spot to rest. So if you're doing like, for instance, a pathway mm-hmm. or a patio, you know, that's that's uh, uh, it's all about the balance of of the landscape. Probably then even setting off your flowers and plants even more. Well, because the, there is <clears throat> kind of a place for your eyes to rest. Yeah, the thing about the pathway that I did, it's a uh, it's comes from my side driveway around to the front of my house and it's just a natural place that you know you walk all the time mm. so you needed i needed something that was it was just some i just had some little stepping stones in the ground you know it's kind of like hopscotch across but yes but they're inviting and you, oh, you sure. just you, you gotta just walk down there and see where it leads yeah. <laughs> and and sometimes it's cool with when you're making a pathway to to uh you're just not going to make it straight. Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna create maybe a bend in it or or a couple of different bends, how, depending on how long it is. So you're creating some illusion of uh, what's around that corner that I'm about to anticipate. You know what what's over there. Right. So it makes you want to walk over there. And it partly depends upon what the pathway's for. Sure. You know if it's if it's largely functional, or if you're going from a driveway to a front door, for example, um, especially if it's an often used door, you can create some interest in it, like you're saying, with a curve or a bend, but yet you still have to be pretty practical about not taking a big serpentine way to get to the front door. Yes. Who, who wants to weave like that? The, the notion is going to be to cut to a straight live line. Live on the side of a mountain, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. In, in like in my case, I always was pulling my wagon Oh. through there so I needed to be a little bit wider than it was in a little more stable mm. so that I could roll my cart across it easily good point as opposed to you know on the cobbles it was just a bump and bump a bump a bump yeah. mm. so it, yeah what I just was also neat he because he used the variety of uh of stones and pebbles and and I think did you have some bricks thrown in there too? So I used. Uh, yeah, it was just a really so lovely I used, uh, combination. A combination of flagstone and twelve by twelve paver stones and twenty four by twenty four um, outdoor porcelain <laughs> tiles because I couldn't lift the concrete ones; they're way too heavy. Okay, but the porcelain ones can be used outdoors. They're for outdoors. Huh? That's great. And they're. Uh, a rough texture surface so they're not slick Slippery. when it gets wet. Nice. But then it's really important to have a good base underneath. Which would include what uh is it the So uh masonry sand. That's what it's called. And I also use some pea gravel. Okay. So so get the surface solid, flat, drains away down. well. And that way what you do put on top won't be sinking into the ground. It, in this time. particular case, because I knew that a couple of the areas were a little bit wet, I did put some landscape fabric down before I did the, because I knew eventually it was going to sink. Right. Put its way okay. into the soil. Yep. Right. Yep. Nice. And then the landscape fiber certainly help keep everything in and, and stake it down, I imagine. No, I didn't have to. Didn't have to. Oh, no. no. That's nice. No. You might be out to trip on the stakes and stuff like that. So, yeah. That's right. so, so let me ask you. So you're creating it's that different texture. 
um, just because it's, it's a different material, if you will. It maybe added a little bit of structure to mm. to the garden, too, yep. uh, mm-hmm. that visual structure. I did, and also I had uh, some big pieces of limestone mm. that I kind of placed in conjunction with it and kind of broke the beds up a little bit. So I would have a place that you could stop because you it just makes you want to the 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 big piece of stone is a big contrast against the other plants mm. well that's kind of like a little resting spot on the way mm-hmm. so it so it really tied the two areas together it wasn't like you just had this stone path without some of that same element mixed in with the landscaping then too yeah so it visually tied the two together. Yeah. And I think sometimes um, you know, it it serves to some extent the same purpose as a lawn might serve, that it's a little bit of a resting point. And so I think that path can be that too, where it's it's just a you don't have to think about it as much. It just is it's just relaxing, it clears the brain, it's not real complicated or detailed necessarily. And it's just it's a dash in amongst the dots kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it allows you to enjoy your yard or your garden without having to walk through the mud all the time. Which is kind of nice. Kind of nice. Sure. (laughs) And, yeah, when you mentioned pulling the wagon, I completely, I immediately identified with that, pulling a wagon through your yard for for whatever, collecting yard waste or pulling plants out to plant. Or orange five-gallon buckets inside. Or your five-gallon buckets. That's right. (laughs) Well, and and this is the perfect kind of weather to even imagine yourself constructing a a hardscape like that, too. You know, because it's when the temperatures and humidity was it was a few days ago, it would be a lot more taxing to do it. But now you can say, okay. I could see how I could do this. And you probably did it over time, too, right? It didn't happen overnight. It wasn't overnight. in two days. Yeah. 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 Okay. It was about three weeks. Gary in Champaign is calling in. So let's go to the phones and talk to him. Good. Hey, good morning, Gary. Morning. You know, one of the weeds that seems to start, at least right now, that's going crazy is spurge. And is there something that can control that? I've tried Weed Be Gone, and it just doesn't seem to be super effective. Yeah, so it's in your lawn, Gary, or is it in the garden yeah. beds? Or? No, it's in the it's in the, well, it's in the garden bed too, but it's it's also in the yard. So so uh, there are some. You've used Weed Be Gone. Uh, was it actually listed on on there? Because there's a couple different types of Weed Be Gone, and I'm pretty no, sure. No, I just, I don't know about that. I just assumed okay. that it was hopefully a broadleaf weed. So we need to to. Uh, uh, check the label just to make sure that it'll target that one it it okay, still would yeah. be one of the best if, if you get the right we'd be gone it would still be one of the best choices gary okay and then right. um did you use it in a hose end sprayer or a tank sprayer or how'd you apply no, it I, ready just, to I use? just spray it individually i just use it like uh, ready I mean, to use not, pardon me just a you know just like a squeeze handle sprayer yeah. i mixed it mix the yeah. stuff up i mean it's not yeah. it's not everywhere but it's Sort of prevalent around the edges of things, and uh, it just and of course it just gets rather big. So yeah, it, overnight almost. Um, yeah. It, when you mix it up yourself like that, if you want to add the equivalent of a drop or two of liquid dishwashing detergent to a gallon, so if you're okay. making less than a gallon batch, 
you'll use less than a two drops. Um, okay. And then that'll help act as a surfactant, so you'll have a little bit better coverage on the surface of the leaf where it tends to run off on spurge real fast. Okay. And then because you'll have better coverage on the leaf, you'll have better absorption and you'll All have right. better kill. And then just okay. follow the directions, but I would guess, I think the repeat application is, what, two weeks or so, John? Usually. Uh, so read to see what that is. And I would think after two or three sprains, you would have it knocked out easily. All right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. The detergent was really good. Thanks. Thanks sure. for calling in, Gary. Uh-huh. And good luck Bye. with that. All right. Quick questions. Um, so confirming, it is too late to start pumpkins, you'd say? You mean from seed from in your garden? From seed, probably from now. To, to, to get a harvest? Yeah. yeah I don't think you're going to get it. And I can't, You probably, if you even had any starters, they probably are all sold out, I'm yeah, guessing. Yeah, they're gone. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. And any of the perennials that folks might buy, because they're all on sale right now, put them in the ground, still plenty of time for the roots to establish, right? And then they'll flourish next year? Absolutely. Just yeah. any of them, right? We have a few, uh, some that are on clearance that are past. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're buying that, uh, just because they're stopped blooming doesn't mean that the roots aren't still going to get established and come back for next year. Mm-hmm. So the ones you're on sale referring to, besides this big group of echinacea that are fresh, would be some tired ones, some yeah. tired perennials that have been, they're healthy and everything, but the foliage and the flowers are past their prime. Mm-hmm. So John and Marianne and the crew of orange tagging some of those guys at 50 off, I believe. Okay. Wow, great. Bruneva? Is that one? Brunera? Brunera? Maybe that's, that's what we they were heard. just talking about. Oh, okay. No, that's one of the that specials, the, one... the Jack Frost special there for 9.97. Okay. That's really a nice perennial. It's normally 17.99 and it's 997. It's a really good deal. Yeah. For and a so, shade perennial. So I think, yeah, so plenty of time for that one in particular to establish some roots oh, yeah. before. Absolutely. Okay. Any of this stuff. All right, good. For sure. The texts responding to. Uh, and um, so again, you've got all sorts of sales, but let's cover them. Let's see. The Oh, your ornamental grasses? 25% off. Yay. Your echinacea? 25% off in. Uh, uh, number one and number two, uh, particular group in blue pots. It's uh, 20 varieties, I think. Uh-huh. Wow. Almost every color you could imagine. Wow. Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, Some 10 inch pots of uh, combo pots of annuals for uh, 15.97. Oh, that's right. Some couple good coupons out there. One would be for the free succulent if you go to prairiegardens.com or Prairie Gardens Facebook page. Free succulent with any purchase. Yeah. For a greenhouse plant thing, and then some really nice proven winter heuchera. Uh, four varieties in gallon pots with a coupon, same place. Well, Prairie Gardens great. Facebook or Prairie Gardens.com. Okay. 997 for a PW heuchera. Nice. Yeah. And then uh, fruit trees? Nothing left. Shoot, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Enough said. There you go. <laughs> That's great. Yep. And we're open till 6 today, and tomorrow right. is 10 to, 5. 10 to 5. And and a huge, full, beautiful new stock of your combination plants and hangers, uh, hanging pots. So yep. come on out. John Weisgarver, Steve Brown, our experts today. Thank Thanks, you, Thanks, Tamara. Thank you. I'm Tamara McDaniel. Our on-site producer engineer was, uh, was Brooke Sholem, and our station Studio engineer is Dave Leake. 
Stay tuned for Saturday Sports Talk up next here on News Talk 1400, WDWS Champaign-Urbana. And a podcast of this show will be available later today at WDWS.com, as well as previous shows if you want to listen over again. Thanks so much and have a great weekend.